Welcome to the Bearded IT Dad Podcast, where technology meets career development. Join us as we talk with industry experts, get advice and insight about their expertise and real-world experience in the information technology field. Have to learn to learn on your own. The number one thing you can do to get out of the help desk or out of any entry-level position is be exceedingly good at your current position. The elephant in the room, right? Money is obviously a a certain barrier and roadblock, but I would charge and, and, and argue against that. There are so many resources out there available for free on the internet. From starting your IT journey to advancing your career, you'll get actionable tips and practical advice to help you succeed in this ever-evolving industry. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's dive into the world of IT. But uh, kind of like some of the underrated stuff is more like those social skills, right? Like working in a team, being able to interact with other people, you know, and and communicating clearly, you know, and, and, you know, these are things that maybe you pick up in help desk if if you've been working that, if you haven't, you know, maybe... Maybe go to school and you've worked some projects or done some extracurriculars. Uh, maybe you haven't. You've been working other jobs where you're working with people. It's just really good to kind of have that, you know, it's kind of like a muscle, like have that muscle worked out a little bit. So, you know, whenever you're in a team environment, um, you know, you're not just kind of like taking your projects and like building this wall and not, you know, not not keeping everybody else at arm's length. It's super important to be able to, to work and interact in a team effectively especially whenever it's this kind of like technical and like sensitive stuff. Welcome to the Bearded IT Dad, where we give you advice and insight on how to grow your career in the IT field. My name's Dakota, and today we're going to be continuing our interview with Caleb from StudioSec. And we're going to be talking about interviewing tips when interviewing for a position in the cybersecurity field and amazing advice on how to land your dream job in the cybersec field. So stay tuned because all that and more is coming up after this. Kind of getting into like the job aspect. Um, do you have any t- tips like interviewing tips for someone going for that first cybersecurity role? Either they're branching off the help desk, looking to break into the cybersecurity field or just jumping right on in. Um, you know, what can they expect in that interview and how can they, you know, improve on it? Yeah, it- And that also kind of just varies, you know, company to company. So it's definitely not, uh, you know, one one size fits all. I've seen, you know, I'll just kind of go off of like some of the interviews I've I've been in on, right? Um, Some were definitely like they they lean more heavily on the technical side. Uh, Some leaned a bit more heavy on, you know, the the intangible side, like the social side. And like, can you know, can, can you work within a team? And I feel like, you know, the, the, the technical side gets a lot of love and attention because it's really hard. <laughs> so it's probably good that it gets a lot of attention. Uh, obviously, you got to know your stuff. Um, and, and if you, you know, may, sure, there's going to be some holes. You know, we don't, no, nobody knows everything. We're all learning along the way. But at least a, you know, a, a demonstrated willingness and desire to learn more. I think that definitely will really, you know, pay dividends. But uh, kind of like some of the underrated stuff is more like those social skills, right? Like working in a team, being able to interact with other people, you know, and and communicating clearly, you know, and, and, you know, these are things that maybe you pick up in help desk if you if you've been working that if you haven't, you know, maybe 
maybe go to school and you've worked some projects or done some extracurriculars. Uh, maybe you haven't, you've been working other jobs where you're working with people. It's just really good to kind of have that, you know, it's kind of like a muscle, like have that muscle worked out a little bit. So, you know, whenever you're in a team environment, um, you know, you're not just kind of like taking your projects and like building this wall and not, you know, not, not keeping everybody else at arm's length. It's super important to be able to, to work and interact in a team effectively especially whenever it's this kind of like technical and like sensitive stuff, you know? Absolutely. Uh, what do you think is the biggest barrier to entry for people getting into cybersecurity? I I really, my gut reaction wants to go so bad towards like job descriptions and like the really like aggressive descriptions that they put in, like you got to have your uh, CISSP or your, you know, your OSCP for like an entry level position. That's kind of tough. That's kind of tough. Yeah, um, I I really hate that. You know, I'll see an entry level job, you know, it's meant for someone that has no experience, and they require like a CISSP. And for those of you who don't know, that's a certification you can't get until you've been in the field for at least what five years of experience uh-huh. in the field. Yeah, and it's like thousands um, of dollars, so it's very expensive. It, it, exactly, um, and that kind of goes to you know a lot of times the people putting out those jobs postings don't know a clue of what it takes to actually do the job um and also a lot of times those job descriptions i think are more of a wish list um Mm -hmm. you know view them as a wish list and take them out at you know with a grain of salt that you know that's what they would like but you you never know you might be the most qualified person that ends up applying yeah you know and i i saw a really good tip um that you know someone mentioned is like apply to a position even if you only meet 60 percent of what's in the description. Um, and and I, I tend to do this myself too, like reading a description, you're like, oh shoot, I don't, I don't meet all the qualifications. You know, I probably shouldn't apply. Worst thing that, you know, they, they can say is no. And then you're exactly where you are today. <laughs> so may as well just apply and, and, you know, who knows, maybe they check your application. They're super intrigued and uh, they see a lot of potential and they go for it. Um, I, I think another, one of those like barriers is, is experience. Um, I kind of looked out with my internships that it got me familiar with some tools and stuff like that, that I'd be able to use down the road that are pretty in demand, but, you know, being able to get that experience, it can be kind of hard, you know, and it getting like it experience is, is super helpful and invaluable. And I think that that's something to definitely, you know, anyone that's watching that might be like, say they're like, you know, going for their undergrad in cybersecurity and they're looking specifically for security positions. Um, there, there are definitely internships out there, but it's, it's a very sensitive field in a lot of companies. Like if they're not a hundred percent sure that or at least like 80, you know, 70% sure that they can flip you to a full-time employee after your internship, then it might be a tough sell, you know, just getting onboarded with the sensitive like level that the sensitive level of access that you're going to have. Um, so like getting some it experience in like a, you know, I took like a data entry, uh, internship, super informative, you know, and, and, and I learned more, I learned a lot about, you know, like a small business and, and their needs, you know, doing that. And, and you'll get experiences like that, you know, whenever you just kind of like open yourself up to other opportunities, you know, still kind of within IT and tech that will ultimately feed into security where, you know, you're getting some experience. So it's not just the fundamentals that you're checking off, um, but it's also, 
you know, a lot of people are looking for experience, but it'll also just help, you know, once you're in like an actual like business environment, you'll have some familiarity with that and it's not going to be like a deer in headlights. Absolutely. Now I'm, I'm, I'm huge about sharing resources and, you know, kind of growing our community. Do you mind kind of telling us a little bit about your, what you do on YouTube and, you know, the education and stuff you are, you offer over there? Yeah, for sure. It's a, uh, you know, we, a lot of cybersecurity fundamentals videos. Uh, I kind of like started with that being the main thing. I have like 150 videos and like the cybersecurity 101 playlist. It's kind of silly. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, that's amazing. Doing, yeah, it's, I, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of I, I grinded with the content and then I burnt out and then I'm back at it. <laughs> um, but, uh, been doing a lot of cybersecurity news as well. And then we have, you know, we've got the podcast kind of interviewing folks, which I'd love to have you on at some point. I think that would be awesome. Uh, to get some folks, you know, uh, you know, seeing you and getting to not only see your channel as well, but getting to hear your story. But, yeah, so that's what I've been. That's what I've been after. What's some what, What's some advice that you would have for for folks looking for like an entry level position? My biggest advice is just to literally go out there and start applying. If you, if you're looking to break into the field, um, you you you'd be surprised at the amount of skills you probably have that you don't give yourself credit for. Um, I think the most the most important skill in the IT industry in general is your soft skills, your ability to communicate it with others in a way that is meaningful. Um, they can understand, but they don't feel like you're talking down to them. Um, and so just having that customer service skills um, and it, it goes to all parts of IT. Like if you're writing an incident report on a security event, being able to write that report in a, in a way that, the person you're writing it for probably doesn't understand a thing that you're talking about, but you can write it in a way that makes sense to them. Um, those kind of skills, I think is the most important thing. And a lot of people think, well, I need to wait and get an entry level certification or, you know, it's just not the right time for me to start doing this. And I, I say, go out and apply, uh, because, I entered the IT field and landed like a $50,000 a year job with um, no college education, college dropout. Um, I had no IT certifications at the time, and I had no formal job experience. Um, and then within three years, um, I've been able to level up my career all the way up to a director level position as a director of network operations. So my biggest piece of advice is just go out there and apply. So... I love it. I love it. That motivates me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, and that's my biggest thing. Um, you know, th there's so many different paths you can take in this career field. Um, if you want to settle in with something you're happy with, you can just stop, you know, stop, you know, moving and, st you know, just stay in a position and settle down and enjoy your job. If you want to make six figures, I think that is completely achievable within three years of entering the field. Um, I, I, I've seen it. Um, it's just depending on your motivation and desire. You know, you're not going to make that big of a pay jump just sitting um, at, with one employer. You're, you will have to, unfortunately, job hop, um, you know, keep on moving up into that next higher position and more pay. But um, it just really depends on what you want to do. Yeah, I, I really want to emphasize the point on, you know, being willing to jump employers. Uh, you know, I did that recently and 
saw a bit of a jump there. So it was nice. And, you know, learning more, I think one of the big things that's also kind of underrated, not just with like compensation, but, you know, being able to learn and grow more in the role as well. Um, I mean, obviously that's probably, if not, if not the, the primary, then it's probably got to be like the secondary factor to it. Right. You know, um, you know, what do you think on that? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, in my first job, I was there for two years. Like I said, my job role changed greatly, but at the end of that two years, I could tell there was not going to be any more advancement. There was not going to be any more pay. There was, I was stuck and, uh, I wasn't ready to be stuck in my career. I, you know, I just started, um, you know, so I, I ended up leaving that company. Um, I, went to work for a school district as a network engineer for a short time, decided I didn't like all the politics involved with the school district. Um, <clears throat> every school district is different. I'm not trying to deter people away from that because I've heard a lot of great success stories, but um, the one I worked at was just, yeah. Anywho. Um, so while I was sitting at my job, unhappy, I decided to throw my hat in the, to the ring for this, it was a network operations center technician position that I didn't think I was qualified for. I was like, Oh, this is my dream job. I won't get it. It was actually, it's a government, um, not a government job, but it's my, my company's owned by this, the government. So I have access to government benefits, which was great to me, uh, long-term I'm like, I won't get, get it. But I got called back. Uh, I got, you know, I had a phone interview and then I'm like, oh, that was great. I, I, you know, thinking to myself, I completely screwed that one up. So, uh, but a couple weeks later, I got called in for an interview and then a, a, another interview. I got the position as a, you know, a technician. And then 90 days in, my boss came to me and said, okay, uh, you're, you're out of your probation. We're, 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 and we're going to keep you. We're going to hire you on full time. You've done great, but we also want to promote you to director of network operation. And that was just a shock to me. Uh, I mean, that's my dream job. Um, so I've been running with that since. Um, and I mean, there, there's even been talk about moving up into just direct, a director of operations for the entire organization already. Uh, and that's a year later. So it just goes to show, I think, um, if you work hard, you come to work every day with a great attitude, you're always willing to learn because that is huge as well. Um, constantly learning in the field. Um, but yeah, anything's possible. Sorry. I kind of went on a, a rant there and I've been talking about myself. No, that's great. That's great. I mean, you know, it's super, super educational and, and encouraging. I think absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's why, you know, I talk about it cause I want to encourage people cause it was a story just like mine that, you know, convinced me to leave my job. I hated as a, I was a bulldozer operator before I entered tech. Um, you know, I was making great money, but I, I hated it. It was so mind numbing. Um, it was just, yeah, it just sucked. Uh, so it was a story like mine and that's why I do this on YouTube is try to help people realize that if this is what they're passionate about, it is really easier than they think if, and they just need a, the right set of tools and guidance. Yeah. So. I love it. I love it. There was on the, the I, I remember this statistic. It was like over, over like 20 years, people that don't jump jobs, this is back to like the, the job hopping, I guess, and moving up. Right. I saw like a statistic on, and I'm really butchering remembering the statistic itself. It was like good. Over, over the course of like 20 years, like employees that didn't jump employers 
lost like 50% of the total pay that employee, then employees that did jump like once every two years, which is kind of That's interesting crazy. not to like say one's better than the other. Again, you know, we, like we were just talking about, you know, in, in just, you know, a short amount of time, like you've had so much success in this position. So, you know, it's really all about just finding the position that's like right for you, but yeah. And, and, and even more so not the position, but the organization, because no two organizations are alike. Um, and there are the few diamonds in the rough, um, you know, that the organizations that pay a, a, a above average salary or decent salary and treat their employers good. Um, and sometimes you got to weigh that when you're making your decision, like, yeah, I could make a little bit more money, but I'm a, am I going to be happy at that organization or are they going to work work my tail off and I'm going to be miserable. You know, that's, that's all things you got to think of when you're deciding, are you going to jump employers? Um, but like I said, unfortunately, I think the, the more common scenario is you're going to have to job hop to, to make the, make the larger incomes. Yeah. What on, on the, on the like good organization, right? Like how do you, how, how do you evaluate while you're interviewing whether or not an organization has like a good culture and like the manager that you'd be working under is somebody that would be supporting you? Um, you know, it's just kind of, I, I kind of read their personality and it's difficult when you're interviewing um, because you're, you're, you're getting like a split second look into that company. And if you, you know, if you blink, you might miss an important note, uh, but just kind of how they conduct themselves. Are they professional? Are they, do they talk like they're, expect the world out of you and you got to work hard or do they listen to your opinion you bring to the table? Um, I, I really value that my company values my opinion. They, they really, no matter, even if it's the dumbest idea I come up with, they'll still sit down and listen to it. And, uh, you know, and they'll be, they'll give me honest feedback as well. Uh, you know, and you, you just, I don't know if I have a good answer on how to, to judge that. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, how do can you tell during like the interview process, if that, if that company culture is going to be a good fit for you? Yeah, you know, it's so hard because it's the, the interview phase. It's like, I, I want to say it's kind of like dating, but it's like, you know, you're both putting your best foot forward. And then like, uh, as opposed to like, you know, marriage where you're like, you're just together 24 seven. And then it's like all like the rose colored glasses are off. It's like, oh, okay, you are a human being, you know? <laughs> and, and so like, I, I think one of the things that like, speaking of being married, my wife like helped me with, with like, you know, the interview process. Right. And, and, and trying to do those kinds of assessments was, was hitting people up on LinkedIn and, and kind of asking their, you know, their opinions and their stories. And sometimes, you know, sometimes people won't respond, but sometimes if they do, you'll get some pretty interesting feedback. Um, I've, I've dodged a couple bullets doing that. Uh, you know, where some people, you know, and maybe it was just, you know, I, I reached out to the wrong person. But, you know, they definitely gave some feedback that I was like, okay, well, maybe this isn't the right time or the right time or the right organization for me to be applying to right now. Um, yeah. And, and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's in the interview process, it's blinking, you miss it. So definitely like taking notes while you're, while you're interviewing and really, you know, it's re remembering that they're not only interviewing you, you're interviewing them. It's, it's a mutual agreement for, for you to be there. So yeah, it's, 
There was so much great advice packed into that episode. I want to know what are some of the your guys' biggest takeaways from that episode? For me, and to be honest, one of the biggest points I want to try to drive home is if you set your mind to making a change like this, you can do it. Just keep your eye on the end goal and you guys will be able to achieve greatness. Now, in next week's video, we're going to be wrapping up this series with Caleb by talking about ways to make top dollar in the cybersecurity field. So if you haven't already, make sure you guys subscribe, hit that bell icon so you receive notifications as soon as that video drops. Thank you all for tuning in, and I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to The Bearded IT Dad. We hope you found today's episode helpful and informative. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure to rate and leave a review as it helps more people find the show. If you want more of the Bearded IT Dad, be sure to check out our YouTube channel for additional career tips and IT insights. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms for updates on new episodes and exclusive content. Until next time, keep learning.